Doesn't that just get you in time for the holidays? Doesn't it just get you just like that? Ah, oh, so peaceful and so good. Hey, we're continuing on with our series on Advent as we continue to talk through this. My goal this morning is that you would recognize and that I would recognize that our circumstances would not dictate our joy. That our circumstances wouldn't dictate our joy. I'm going to tell you what's happened in Coastal the last two weeks on all the different campuses. We've had four funerals in the last two weeks. Not even two weeks, really. It's been about in a series of about eight days. We've, lost a, we've seen a child lost. We've seen a sister lost. We've seen a mother lost. And um, we see, saw a uh, husband and um, uh, father lost. It's been an interesting week, and in the midst of this, the holidays are coming, and you're like, yay, let's have joy now. Christmas is here, yay. And in the midst of it, you look and you see that there's some people, and I know that, I don't know if this is true for you, but the holidays are that of a stressor, and and maybe it's for you, it's not a time of joy. And I want to share with us today from the scripture what Jesus is talking to his disciples here in John 15, that our circumstances would not dictate our joy. There's something more. So John chapter 15, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 15, verses 9 through 15. John chapter 15, verses 9 through 15. This is the true vine passage or the vine and the branches passage. Verse 9 picks up and says, Jesus is talking to his disciples, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Let's pray. Precious Father, we come before you now in the precious name of Jesus. And we ask, Lord God, that this word would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We ask, Lord God, that you would be near us, that you would walk with us as we understand your word in the next few moments. We pray that you would take this word in the power of your Holy Spirit and use it as a double-edged sword to divide between our soul and our mar- our bone and our marrow and our soul and our spirit. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that you've given us your word, that it's all truth. It's your truth. It's the source of truth. Lord God, I pray that you would sanctify us through your word because your word is truth. Help us not to be hearers of this word only, Lord God, but help us to be doers of this word. And as always, Lord God, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Week one of the candle is hope. 
Week two, peace. Week three, now joy. The joy that comes responding to Jesus Christ. The pink candles, the shepherd's candle. I didn't know why they, they, they made it pink. I think there's just somebody like that, like basically like thousand years ago that was like, we're out of purple candles. Let's just put a pink one up there. And like, and it's like, well, that looks good. Let's call it a tradition. Okay. And then they just kept it from there. I have no idea. I have looked everywhere. I have looked in all church history that I could find. Why is that candle pink? I have no idea. Okay. But it's called the shepherd's candle and we light it for joy. The idea that the, that the angels said to the shepherds, fear not for I bring to you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. Jesus, 33 years later in John 15, the night of his arrest, then is teaching his disciples here in John 15. He knows that the cross is tomorrow. He knows that his followers are with him tonight. And he teaches them in this moment, after he's washed their feet, he teaches them about joy couched between love. These things, verse 11, I have spoken to you that my joy... Now, why does he have joy? He's about to go to the cross. My joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Because it doesn't come from our circumstances, Jesus is going to teach us here. It comes from Christ. It comes from Christ. So if you're taking notes, pull out your notes. Lipstick, mascara, pencil, pen, whatever you want to write with. And let's take some notes and let's ask the first question is, what is joy? Joy is defined as great pleasure or great delight or pleasure. It's not happiness. Happiness is a fleeting emotion. Sometimes we're happy and sometimes we're not. Sometimes we're sad. Joy is something different. Now, when we have joy, we can be happy. But we, have, we can have joy and we can still be sad. So how is this possible? What is joy? So the question is not what is joy, because joy is great delight or pleasure. Okay, how does that make it different? What makes it different is that joy, where does our joy come from? Or what is the source of our joy? If you're taking notes, where does our joy come from? It comes from, for the Christian now, if you're here and you've trusted Christ, the Christian, the joy is to come from God's presence, Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now, what's at the right hand of God? It's Christ. So this is a foreshadowing of Christ. Here's David writing this, and there's a foreshadow to Christ. That in your presence is fullness of joy. So it's God's presence through believing, Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope 
fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Now, think about the first three weeks. We had hope. Go put that verse back up. That we had hope. We see, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. First three candles, right? Woo! There you go. One verse. Bang! God has lots to say about this. But it's God's presence through believing the word of God through the Holy Spirit. Now, John 14, 17 says this, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus is talking of the promise of the Holy Spirit whom we have. So where does our joy come from? It comes from God. It's not some external emotion or feeling. Happiness, that fleeting emotion. Yay, oh. It's like when my kids come up to me and they go, Dad, we love you. And I'm holding my, my son and he looks at me and he, and he looks at my hair and he goes, Dad, did you know that you're losing all your hair? I had joy and happiness, happiness, yay. And then, oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me, son. I curse you one day. You too. No, see, happiness is this emotion, but joy. Now think about the word rejoice. Again, the Bible says this over again, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, 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 rejoice. Have you read that in scripture? How many of you guys have read that in scripture? Raise your hand. Rejoice is the outward expression of the inward joy. That's what the word rejoice means. It's the outward expression of the inward joy. So let me share something with you, Christian. Notify your face. <laughs> if you're rejoicing, you ought to notify your face. And you ought to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Have you ever met Christians that are miserable? Yeah, I believe in God. I trusted Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. I'm rejoicing right now. Can't you see it? No, no, I can't. Rejoicing is this idea that we're to rejoice. Now, this idea, when we think about where does joy come from, when we're in God's presence, sometimes we can rejoice. But the Bible says, the Apostle Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always, regardless of the circumstances. Think of Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. Remember they're in the Philippi prison? I can get that for you. I love it. They're in the prison in Philippi and they're there. And at midnight, it says, they start singing praise and worship songs to Jesus Christ. They're rejoicing in prison. Thinking that they're going to die soon. Where does that come from? That's definitely not something internal. You think they were happy? Probably not. If you've ever seen Roman prisons, if you ever go over there, they're just basically holes surrounded by walls exposed to the elements. And if people don't come in and give you food and care, you die. 
It's not like the prisons today where they have health care and they have a 401k and all of that stuff when they're in prison. <laughs> Tax dollars hard at work. In Rome, you get thrown in prison. If people don't come in and take care of you, you die. They let people come in and feed once a day and give them, th give them things to do. So most prisons were holes. And then they, 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 and they had surrounded by walls. And so you had a, an area where you dropped into the hole and then the hole kind of went in, a little cave kind of a thing. And so when Paul's writing prison epistles and stuff, he's using the light at the point of the day where he can actually write because someone came and brought him stuff. And he and Silas at midnight are singing praise songs to Jesus. See, the source of most of our joy, and I know in my life sometimes I wrestle with this because I think the source of most people's joy is found in a house, but it could burn down. Sometimes our, our joy is found in a spouse, but they could die or leave us, or a child, they could die or leave us. Could be found in a job, but we could lose it. There's some people that find their joy in weather, but guess what? There's a rain cloud coming. Man, what a beautiful day. Oh, it's starting to rain. Some people like the rain. They love the rain. And oh, the sun is coming. Bright light, bright light. Some people find their joy in their favorite football team, like the 49ers or Seahawks. And they won't win the Super Bowl. Some people find their joy in who's elected in office or their president or their politician made it and they have no joy when their other president or politician is in there. What? But they could lose or they could get voted out. Yay, my guy's in. Oh, no, my guy's out. Yay, my girl's in. Oh, no, my girl's out. Some people find their joy in the stock market, watching those little lines go up, 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 or in the Joe Biden economy, down, 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 down. <laughs> Some people find joy in their money. Did you know that in 10 years, $20 could feed a family of four at a fast food restaurant? Now $20 feeds one and a half people in a fast food restaurant. 10 years, 10 years. If your joy's found in your money, good luck. That $20, maybe I'm thinking in another 10 years, it'd be like a dollar. Woo, I got a dollar. Some people find joy in their cars, but they could crash. Some people could find joy in nature, but it could change. Some people find joy in all kinds of things. But here's the deal. All of those things are temporarily and, and fleeting. If you're trying to find your joy in those things, let me share something with you. They could change in a moment. A phone call. One conversation. And if that's where the source of your joy is, then you're going to miss out on what the scripture says. That, that Jesus in talking to his disciples before he's going to the cross, knowing that he's going to the cross, knowing that Peter's going to deny him, knowing that the disciples are going to spread, he's writing this that night, 
knowing that Judas, one of his 12, is going to betray him. And he's looking at his disciples and he says, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. It's not based upon anything that's temporary then. How could it be? How could it be? Because Jesus was about to go to the cross. Remember, in, in, in a few hours, he's going to pray to the Father. Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass before me. But nevertheless, not thy will, but not my will, but thy will be done. No, joy has to come from something more. The source of joy needs to be based upon something else. And in verse nine, Jesus kind of gives this to us. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. See, here's the beauty of this. If you're taking notes, here's the four truths about joy. The first truth is this. The source of our joy has to be based upon the love of the father. Who I love and who loves me. At the end of your life, all that's going to matter as you're laying there getting ready to die is who I loved and who loved me. And let me share something with you. The Father loves you. And nothing can change that. God loves you. And the source of your joy has to be something far greater than some emotional happiness or something, yay, willy-nilly. The source of Christ's joy that he's giving to his disciple is based upon this fact that the Father loves us. That the Father loved Christ. And that he loved the Father. The source of our joy has to be based upon the love of the Father. Because that means it's not dependent upon me because I'm kind of fickle. I don't know about you. When things are good, man, God loves me. When things are bad, God must hate me. No, the reality is this. God loves you. God loves you. That word, verse 11, these things I have spoken unto you that your joy may be, that, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. That word full means complete, literally, filled. It's the same word that they would use as, as an empty vessel being filled. And so what he's saying is that your, your, your joy would be filled in this vessel to the brim. Literally in the Greek, it would read like this, that my joy in you may remain filled. Filled. Here's, here's the thing that I always used to think about joy. My joy meter is up, and then my something happens or something goes on, and my joy meter is down. No, that's happiness. My joy should always be up because it's based upon the fact that God loves me. And in spite of me, not because of me, 
Because the things that I say and do and think all the time are sometimes so sinful and against the loving father. But yet he still loves me and he still loves you. Because here's the thing, here's the beauty. It, it's, it's what I had with my son years ago when he just, he looked at me and he goes, dad, I just break everything. I mess everything. My son had a PhD in destruction. He could, he could break anything. He could break anything. You give him your phone, it's going to break. You give him whatever you give him, he will break it. When he, he got his license, he left the car door open and he backed up and then he took out one of our cars and took the door and went like this. He can break anything. And every time he comes to me and he's weeping and he's so upset because he's like, dad, I messed everything up. And I look at him and I say, and I am a mess up. I'm totally messed up, dad. And I look at him and I embrace him and I say the same thing to him every time. I would rather have you messed up than not have you at all. And our father in heaven so much more would rather have you messed up than not have you at all. That's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins and to bodily rise from the dead. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you'll be saved. And you will know that loving father. You will have a relationship with that loving father. But the source of our joy has to be based upon the love of the father. Joy is complete and only found in Christ. Number two. Second truth about joy is that joy is complete and only found in Christ. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Are we going to keep his commandments? It's not good people that go to heaven. It's perfect people. And the Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the only way that we can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. It's not through being good. Because you can do as many good things as you want. It's only one sin that takes it, takes you to hell. It's only through Jesus Christ can you be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so he's saying that joy is complete only in him. When we look at the Christmas holiday and we see that Jesus came to this earth as a baby and we, we look and we see what's going on and we just say, wow. And we're supposed, in the midst of all of this, Jesus came to this earth, left heaven, lived for 33 years, and now he's speaking on joy. You think he knows something about joy? He lost his stepfather. His best friend, one of his best friends betrayed him. His best friend probably denied him three times. He's about to deny him three times. Do you think Jesus understands? All the people that were yelling, Hosanna, 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 a week later are going to yell, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Do you think Jesus understands? Jesus was rejected and despised, the Bible says. 
there were all these people saying, we love you, we love you. And then there were people who were walking away saying, it's too hard. No, joy is complete only and found in Jesus Christ. If you think your joy is based upon happiness, ask yourself this question, am I joyful always, even when my circumstances are at their worst? Happiness for me, like, it perks me up and gets me happy. I'll tell you a story of my son, Valor. He's five and a half. And there's this person that comes up to him um, a couple weeks ago, and this brought me such happiness. And she comes up to him and she goes, I bet I can guess how old you are, Valor. And he says, okay. He looks at her. And she goes, you're five years old, aren't you? And he goes, nope. She's like, well, how old are you? And he goes, I'm five and a half. <laughs> he said it defiantly. <laughs> Made me laugh. Because those six months, that's a large part of his life, if you think about it. It brought me such happiness. But guess what? In the next moment, he smacked his brother and disobeyed his mom. And that happiness turned to sadness. Turned to, and then I passed that sadness on to him. <laughs> no, joy is complete and found only in Jesus Christ. It's not based upon happiness. Number three, joy remains as we love other Christians. How does that work? So joy remains as we love other Christians. Jesus then gives us this incredible jump. These things I have spoken to you that, you're, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full or complete or filled. And then verse 12, it says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. It's almost like he like jumps from joy to loving one another. How in the world do those go together? Because here's the deal. Who are the people that we're to love? We're to love one another. Jesus in John 14 said, this, this is how you know that you're my disciple, that you love what? One another. By this, all men will know that you're my disciple if you love one another. Have you ever been in a church, and I hope that Coastal is this, and I hope that this is our church, that you could come in and you can bring your junk and we can look at you and we could say, is that all? You don't got anything else? Or they confess, this is the worst thing I've ever done. And they share it and we look at them and we say, is that all? Because there's nothing you can do that Christ hasn't paid for on the cross. And that we can't love you for. No matter how difficult, no matter how hard, no matter how, listen, there's only one judge. There's only one jury. We're going to stand before God on that day. And we're to encourage each other and spur each other on. And we're to love each other. This is what the world doesn't understand. This is what God wants to do within us as a church is that we would love each other unconditionally. I remember my, when I found out that my wife loved me and we were, we were dating and then I found out that she loved me. And I was like, oh, the grass was greener. The sky was bluer. 
I heard voices in my head. Schizophrenic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I heard angels singing. Everything was wonderful. Because I loved somebody and she loved me back. Let me share something with you. Jesus talks about this joy being full. It's complete in Christ. And because of that joy, we ought to give it to others. And we don't give them joy. We give them love so that they can continue on in that joy. And if you're not giving love to others in the body of Christ, then guess what? Check yourself. In fact, First John talks about that, that we're to love. How can you say you love God and say you hate your brother? If you say that, you're not a believer. You're not saved. That's really what he says. Not my words, God's word. This ought to be the most loving place that you come to all week. This ought to be the place where you come and look forward to coming. Your small group, when we connect, grow, serve, this small group, your small group ought to be that. Well, yeah, we're pretty messed up, but we really love each other. You're messed up? Oh, yeah, come join us. Why? Because Christ takes that which is messed up. Remember, he'd rather have us messed up than not have us at all. And he, and, he, and he brings us together and we recognize that we have a need of our Savior every moment of every day. And we walk together arm in arm and we say, we love you, Jesus. We're loved by you and we love you. And so therefore, despite our circumstances, we can have joy. And it's not an individual thing, but it's a collective. It's a collective. It's all of us together. And the fourth thing is this complete joy is found in continued knowledge of Christ. What does he say? You are my friends if you do what I command you. Well, we can do that is through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. How does, the, how does Christ make known to us what he wants? How do we? He's made known to us what he wants us to do. And it's all found in his word. If we're not feasting on the word of God every day, then you're probably spiritually starving. You ought to, I mean, at the beginning of this year in January, we talked about reading through the Bible in a year. Just read it. Read it out loud. My kids always make fun of me because I read everything like silently, real fast. But when I read the Bible, I go like this. I am the true vine and my father is there. And my kids go, why do you read out loud, dad, when you read the Bible? And I know this is crazy, but faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I need to hear it. So my faith increases. That's why I do it. We got to feast on the scripture because complete joy is found because the more I know of Christ, the more complete my joy is. The more I know him, Paul says in Philippians chapter three that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, being made conformable even unto death. 
That's where his joy is found, in Christ and knowing Christ. And we know him through his word. And I don't even want to... See, everything else in this world is fleeting. If, if the source of our joy is something temporary in this world, then in a moment, it can go away. Remember, it's only the first hundred years of life that are hard. <laughs> the source of the joy has to be something more. It has to be Christ. It can't be based upon my circumstances. That's why it was unbelievable because two weeks ago tomorrow, I'm doing a funeral with Pastor Sean, Pastor Nate, of a young couple that just lost their baby girl in delivery. And they picked four worship songs. Four. I mean, most, most funerals, there's one or two. They picked four. And during the third one, we're sitting off to the side up on the stage and we're kind of all taking turns. They're standing right smack dab in the middle of the, of, of the auditorium. And, and, and her hands are raised high as tears are streaming down her face as we just buried their little girl. And they're singing praise and worship songs to Jesus Christ. Rejoicing in the Lord always. Let me share something with you. That's not internal. That's not following your heart. That's Christ in us. That's joy that only comes from Jesus Christ. And her husband with his eyes closed making a fist, singing praise songs to Jesus. I don't even know if I would have had the grace to do that. But God gave them the grace and the joy in that moment to say, despite our circumstances, we're going to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's what our unbelieving world doesn't understand. That's what people that don't have Christ can't understand. Now, is it hard? Yes. Does it stink? Yes. Did the lonely birds come the next morning and fly overhead? Yes. Because I talked to them. Does it stink the next day? Yes. And the next, and it will for the rest of their life. But it doesn't mean it's going to rob them of their joy. It's a defining moment that doesn't have to define them. Christ defines us. Christ is the source of our joy. Christ is the one who will never leave us or forsake us. And so no matter what the circumstances do, we can trust, just like the writer of Hebrews said, when he said, I will never leave. And then take your thumb and point it to your heart, you nor forsake you. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And no matter what happens, no matter how big the waves are, no matter how big the storms of life are, no matter how hard life gets, Christ is there. And because the Father loves us 
and we love the Father, therefore we can have joy even in the most dire circumstances. Let's, let's pray. Lord, help our joy to be based upon the gospel. Jesus, you are God. You died on the cross for our sins and you bodily rose from the dead. This is the gospel. We repent of our sins. We believe this message and we receive Christ into our lives, Lord God. And I pray now in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would draw us to yourself, that you would make us more like your son, Jesus Christ, that you would give us joy during this holidays, whether it be a great holiday or a horrible holiday, God, help us to recognize that our joy is found in you, Lord. Thank you for coming over 2000 years ago. Thank you for living a perfect life. And thank you for dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the dead. Father, we love you. We worship you and we praise you. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. If you need to talk with somebody, if you need to do business with somebody, there'll be some people up here afterwards. I'll be up here afterwards. Listen, don't leave here with, with the sense of, hey, I don't have that joy. If you don't have that joy and you can't manufacture it, let me tell you something, you can't manufacture it. You have to have Christ. Bring, come up and talk to one of these people afterwards. Receive the gospel. Let your life be changed and transformed. Only Christ can transform. Let's go out here and let's all stand up and let's close with a song.